everybody. Happy Labor Day. Welcome back to another episode of Passing Judgment, a podcast about politics and the law and a lot of things in between. I'm your host, Loyal Law School Professor Jessica Levinson. Today, we are going to be talking about an issue related to labor, workers' rights and labor law. We are joined by my friend, musician extraordinaire, the producer of the show, Joe Armstrong. Welcome, Joe. Hey, Jessica, how are you? This is an issue that strikes directly at my heart and my pocketbook. So tell us what the story is here. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about laws in California that affect the so-called gig economy. And if people know one law from the last legislative session in California, it's probably so-called AB5 that essentially tried to make sure that Uber and Lyft and DoorDash and Instacart weren't abusing independent contractors and tried to force them to categorize those workers as employees so they would get all of the employment benefits like health care, like paid sick leave, minimum wage, rest breaks. But there was a lot of pushback on the law, not just from Uber, DoorDash, Lyft, Instacart, et cetera, where you would expect it, but a lot of pushback from freelancers such as yourself, who said, this just cast way too wide of a net, and you're actually hurting my ability to work and do my job. Yeah, let me set the scene on a very personal level. Uh, as someone who is a person who works in what has become, you know, it's a very buzzy word to hear the gig economy. And in a way, those of us who are professional musicians or professional journalists who freelance a lot, that's just a new, fancier term for getting gigs and working as a freelancer. So, you know, setting aside the buzzy, buzzy word, um, there's a lot of us that this law really, really impacted on a deeply personal level. I had started doing a lot of freelance work in the last few years, both as a musician and as a journalist and as a producer, recording engineer. And I get a call from a major Southern California news organization, one that had been hiring me for a couple years to do a lot of work for them on a freelance basis, saying that they could not hire me anymore and that they specifically said, look, you're our best and our favorite, but we can't hire you. I just, you know, I talked to our legal department. We tried to find loopholes. We tried to find ways around this so that we could keep, you know, keep you employed for a while. And this is not my main gig, but that's another key facet to this to remember is that people who work in the gig economy may not have one job that's their breadwinning job, their sole job. They might be gigging as a musician, gigging as a journalist, gigging as they might be a clown at parties. Who knows exactly what they're doing to make money? But that was a hard call to receive. So tell us how this got started. Like, how did AB5 got started? I know that Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez, who's a Democrat from San Diego, was kind of the, the spearhead for this law. Like, what was the original intent of this law before we started to get into the, the law of unintended consequences? Yeah, absolutely. So the original intent of the law was actually to protect people. And so Lorena Gonzalez is known as very pro-union, pro-labor. And the idea is that there were so many people who were working really full-time for Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, Instacart, Postmates, but they weren't getting any of the benefits of full-time employment because all of those companies were really treating them like independent contractors, even though they weren't. And so there was a 2018 Supreme Court decision that I'll talk about in a second, which basically laid out how you determine whether or not a worker is an independent contractor or an employee. 
And so the law is designed really just to codify that Supreme Court decision. And again, I think if you had Lorena Gonzalez on, she would say, I'm just trying to protect workers. But immediately there was pushback, again, not just from the companies that were going to have to pay a lot more money because it's more expensive to have people as employees than independent contractors, but from freelancers such as yourself. And so there was always a group that was exempt, insurance agents, attorneys, real estate agents. But the group that wasn't exempt was, and thank you for sharing the story, it was you. It was freelance musicians, freelance producers, uh, freelance op-ed contributors. And very recently, there was kind of a public kerfuffle with Willie Brown, the former mayor of San Francisco, former speaker of the assembly, he writes a regular column, a Sunday column for the San Francisco Chronicle. And our friend of the show on one of the very first shows, Carla Marinucci, a writer for Politico, wrote a great piece last week where she said, we might not be able to read Willie Brown's article, his column in the Sunday paper for the first time because the San Francisco Chronicle said, Mr. Brown, you've used up your limit. So independent contractors, op-ed contributors can't submit and publish more than 35 submissions per year. And we're at that 35. Now, because it's California and politics are kind of a small town business, what happens, there's actually a bill that's on Gavin Newsom's desk, uh, AB 2257, which addresses this problem of freelance writers, photographers, and musicians. And there's now this text message that Carla wrote about her story where Gavin Newsom texts Willie Brown and says, I signed the bill, write the damn column. Now, the backstory is interesting, which is that Gavin Newsom was one of uh, Willie Brown's protégés, along with vice presidential nominee Kamala Harris. But it shows you how this problem transcends partisanship and it crosses the aisle. So it's not that if you're liberal, you're in favor of AB5, the original bill. And if you're conservative, you're against it. It's really, what do you do for a living? And how broad do you want this original law to be? Yeah. I keep coming back to this law of unintended consequences situation, which I know I sound like a broken record in terms of that. But the irony here is that Willie Brown, who casts a very, very long shadow in California politics, would then be precluded from writing an op-ed in crit- criticizing AB5 because he has now reached the limit that AB5 limits him to. So there's a lot going on here, you know, and I'm not the only one. Like if you were to talk to my my cohorts, my friends, my the people who I run with in the journalistic and music communities of Southern California, you know, to a person, they would be like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, you know, and it all makes us wonder, you know, California is a largely, or I shouldn't say largely, is a one-party rural state to a large extent. The Democratic Party, California is very, very blue. But, you know, it, it makes me wonder, is this a situation of uh, like a a problem with single party rule, although you did say yourself that it kind of also cuts across, you know, party lines. So where, where do we sit on in terms of that? Like, is this a situation where they're overreaching? Well, you know, this is asking both of us really for our personal perspective when it comes to a policy choice. And I would say that there was plenty of evidence before the law, the original law was signed and went into effect on January 1st, 2020, that there were people like yourself 
who want to work and want to frankly have maybe a couple of so-called side hustles because you are entrepreneurial and you're working as hard as you can and that you would be limited. And, you know, whether or not that shows a systemic problem with basically what we have now of one party rule, I'm not sure. But what I know is that the California legislature had an opportunity to right off the bat create a law that was a little more finely tuned. And instead, let's talk about what we've had. We had the AB5, the original law goes into effect January 1st, as we said, of this year. And now we're having to basically pull back and correct it. But it's after people, and you shared your experience, have already gone through plenty of heartache. It's after people, freelance producers, freelance musicians, uh, op-ed contributors have already been said, you know, I'm sorry, we just can't use you because this law is too draconian and we can't risk liability. And that's not what you want to create in, you know, the fifth biggest economy in the world. You want to reward people for wanting to work hard. Again, you know, let's talk about what AB5 was originally intended to do. It's to protect the people who are working 40, 50 hours a week for Uber or Lyft who don't get health insurance, who don't get minimum wage, who don't get rest breaks, who don't get sick leave, unemployment, any other benefits. And so there was this, as I said, 2018 California Supreme Court case, the Dynamex case. And it basically has a three-part test. But the biggest prong is prong two. And it says, are you performing work for the company that is the same as the business of that company? And that's where you just cast a wide net and as the legislature, they had an opportunity again to create a finely tuned law. And instead, what we're seeing is a pretty broad law that now we're having to pare back on. Yeah, it's a situation where it's it just seemed like a blunt instrument for a problem that does exist and does continue to exist. I believe in all those things. I think employers should be providing a comprehensive benefit package to people who are doing the labor for that company. That seems like a no-brainer from my personal perspective. But a lot of times you have people, you know, like you, you were mentioning the uh, you know, fifth largest economy that California boasts about and does have. Uh, you, we have people who, it, it, you know, speaking only for Los Angeles, it's a very arts-driven town. There are TV productions. There are movie productions. There's a rich theater uh, scene here in Los Angeles. And here in those in work environments, you have people who need to have work flexibility. Perhaps, you know, some people could get double whammied by that particular law. I mean, I could probably call around my circle of friends and find someone who has. Someone who perhaps does theater on the weekends at a semi-professional, professional level, but not quite enough to make their nut. Now you have someone who's also maybe driving with Uber or Lyft during the week to try to make up that balance. They've got two essentially part-time positions or, I don't know, there just seems to be, it just seems to be a blunt instrument. There seems to be too much gray area and too many people stood to lose too much. So this new bill, uh, which is, where's my number here, 2257. Now Newsom signed this late last week, correct? But do we know exactly how 
and what it addressed from AB5 that it's hoping to improve? Yeah, absolutely. So he signed it. Uh, it goes into effect, I believe, as an emergency measure, meaning right away, which is why yeah. he texted Willie Brown and he said, I signed the bill, write the damn column. I think Carla's article said that it was probably too late for this Sunday, but that we can expect to see the column back next Sunday. By the way, as a side note, great PR for Willie Brown's column in the San Francisco Chronicle. Now we're all talking about it and thinking about yeah. it th- throughout the state. But what it really is designed to do is create a carve out so that it addresses the problem we've been talking about, the problem of writers, photographers, musicians who uh, have been doing work on a freelance basis and want to be able to continue to do that. And so that's what the law creates, which is another exemption in most cases for those categories of people. Good. So people who want to have a dynamic work environment can continue to do so and continue to contribute to the fifth largest economy in the world. Go California for hopefully getting something right. With, I'm the lawyer in the room, with some caveats, absolutely yes. It's my role in life to be the rain on the parade, the, you know, wet rag, however you want to describe it. But yes, and as we said, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. but you just wish that we hadn't had to put you and your colleagues and your friends through this pain in the first place. But this, we should mention, this is not the end of the road for um, AB5. There is a very high-profile ballot measure on the November 3rd ballot. We're going to be talking about ballot measures in future episodes of Passing Judgment. Obviously, ballot measures, huge issue in California. But Uber and Lyft spent a lot of money, tens of millions, if not $100 million already, supporting a ballot measure that would totally overturn, essentially totally overturn AB5. And it would create some additional protections for workers, in part, I think, because they knew that they needed to add a little sugar or honey, and in part because it might confuse voters a little bit. So they might think they're actually voting for something that would create more protection uh, for workers. So this is one of the big measures on the ballot. We'll talk about it in more detail, but the law that Governor Newsom just signed, the bill that he just signed, arguably addresses a lot of the concerns that freelancers had. And now the question for the ballot measure really is just, do you want to undo the other protections of AB5? Yeah, and in a double set of irony, perhaps if Uber and Lyft had spent those tens of millions of dollars simply paying their people a little bit better, maybe we wouldn't wind ourselves in situations. We wouldn't find ourselves in situations like this. Well, this is an irony in many different areas when you look at how much money is spent on ballot measures. But this really is another case of California being a trendsetter. We already know there are other states that are looking at this gig economy law, AB5, and they're trying to figure out whether or not they will implement their version of it. So just like you saw tax reform, California famously passed Prop 13, part of which is actually on the ballot again on November 3rd, and California really ushered in a tax reform movement in America. The question is whether or not California will usher in a workers' protection movement in the rest of the country. So it has big implications for people here, big implications for people throughout the nation. And of course, we're still going to weigh in on this because uh, 
we have to vote. Well, I hope you'll vote on the ballot measure on November 3rd that addresses this bill. Yeah. In summary, at least from my perspective, I sincerely hope that they keep working at it to find the sweet spot for legislation that both protects workers and also protects their ability to earn in a manner of their choosing. So that ballot measure is Prop 22. If you vote yes, you're essentially voting to repeal AB5. If you vote no, you're basically voting to keep the status quo. Listeners, we will keep you updated on this. Joe, I'm so glad that you could spend a little time talking to us about this. You made an abstract problem feel concrete. And listeners, as you know, you can find Joe has his own podcast, Independence Day, across social media platforms on In-Depth Day. You can find me on Twitter at Levinson Jessica, the show on Twitter at Pass Judgment Pod, the show on Instagram at Passing Judgment Pod. Joe Armstrong, thank you for passing judgment with us. Always a pleasure, Jessica. Let's get back to work. Thanks, listeners. We will see you for the next episode of Passing Judgment. Passing Judgment.